Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. By the way, my name is Pastor Wayne. And remember, Pastor Randall, this is his Sunday off. And so as a result, I'm up here. I want to introduce, oops, I want to introduce to you two lamps this morning. You know what's really special? When people come to the worship service here, we find that people are either fans or followers of Jesus. And I want to show you how that works. But if you've come this morning and you're a fan of Jesus, I am so glad that you're here. Do you know the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him? For he that comes must believe that he is or that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You would not be here if you didn't believe that God even existed. You're a fan. But maybe you're not a follower yet. Let me just share with you what it looks like for you to become a follower of Jesus. You've been sitting here this morning and you've been reading and singing those awesome words that were printed on the PowerPoint. And it talked a great deal about the cross and it talked about the resurrection from the dead of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. How special. You know, For me personally, I was like a lamp, just like this. I was a follower. I'm sorry, I was a fan. And then in my young years, I was a fan at church because my mom and dad took me. And I was determined that I would literally... Follow the way of Jesus, but you know, you can't do that on your own. And then I went to, you talked about where you were born. I want to talk to you about where I was born again. Because you see, I went to Hanover where I was born, the Hanover Hospital. You can go to the hospital to get born again, but I went to the Hanover, to the Hanover Town Hall. And that's where a Youth for Christ service was being held. Back there in 1961, February the 3rd. I heard about the cross. I heard about you're a fan, but you're not a follower of Jesus. And I wanted to disagree because I had gone to church Many, many Sundays. As long as I can remember. But according to the word of God, I was still just a fan. 
But that night at Hanover Youth for Christ, I heard them declare, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I had heard that many times. But you know what? I now heard it. Not just here. It dropped 18 inches. I heard that if you will confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you know what? Even though I'd gone to church all my life, I realized I too had sinned. I was just a fan, not yet a follower. I also heard that night, if as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those that believe on his name. And so when I heard that, I thought, Lord, this doesn't really make sense yet. But boy, it was going from here to here. And then the speaker gave an illustration. And he said, I was sharing in a service some time ago in another church. And he said, as I was speaking, I saw a man in that back corner right over here. I saw a man kind of squirming in his seat. And he said, I knew that the Spirit of God was speaking to him. And he said, I was watching and I knew that as I gave an invitation for someone, anyone to respond to the call, to be instead of being a fan, to be a follower, that he could come forward. But you know what he did? He got up and instead of coming forward to receive, he went out the door. And he went on his way home. He said, I felt bad. I knew that that person had not received by a personal invitation. The next day, the pastor of the church where we were, he just called me and he said, do you remember a man being in the service last night? I'll tell you where he was sitting. He was sitting back corner. The speaker said, yeah, I do. He said, on the way home, he went across the railroad track and was killed by an oncoming train. Now this speaker said, I'm not telling you this just to make you scared. I'm telling you this is what happened. And as soon as he said that, everything that had dropped to my heart, I knew I had to make a personal decision because I had three railroad crossings to go over before I got home. (laughs) Do you know what I did that night? You know what the Bible says? If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you know what I did? I went forward in that, in that meeting and I talked with some people after and I prayed and I asked Jesus to come in my heart. So I went from a fan to a follower. And this is what happens. The light went on within me. 
I was thinking about this, I thought, this cord only goes this far. Do you notice that? I can't pull it anymore. I'll pull it in. And you know what? My circle of friends and influence around me was kind of where I lived. And I didn't understand something until I was putting some of this together. And the Lord reminded me of another step that it took me a while to take this step. Because you know what? It says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And I began to realize that there was something that I needed to do. I came to the Lord in February 3rd, 1961, when I was 13. It wasn't until later, when I was 18, in Emmanuel Bible College, that I heard about being baptized by water. You know what happened there? What I've got to thinking about, we're supposed to have the opportunity to um, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And you know what that was? You see, the light had gone on in me. There weren't too many people that could see it. I knew it had happened. I knew it had gone on. The next morning I got down, went downstairs to my mom. She was cooking breakfast. And she said, how was it last night? I said, it was great, mom. I could have not gone on and said one more word about it and mom would not have known what had taken place. But I said, mom, last night, I went forward. I gave Jesus my life. Remember, she gave me a great big hug. But I had to tell her. I had to tell her. Now, what about baptism? One of the safest places to share that you have been, that you've become a follower of Jesus and not just a fan is right here in the body of believers, whether it's at the church or at a pool or wherever, but you're going to be able to say, give an, a witness of something that's happened on the inside. In fact, in the book of Acts chapter 3, <laughs> Peter just been shared, sharing an amazing sermon. And their hearts were pricked. And they said, Brother, what are we going to do? What should we do? He says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. We didn't start this whole thing. They did in the book of Acts. Jesus had already started it. And he says, You know what? You know what you do? When you're going through the waters of baptism, this is what's happening. You're just letting everybody know the light's on within me. And I want you to know that. It's on within me. Amen. 
as I began to walk with the Lord, going to church, still going to church, understanding the importance of reading my Bible, can I just tell you the influence of people? Do you know that as I, after I gave my heart to Jesus, I watched my older sister Phyllis who had given her heart to Jesus. I watched her as she would take the Bible and read it. And you know what I saw her doing? I saw her underlining in her Bible. And I thought, well, that's strange. But it made an impression upon me. And back then, at Youth for Christ, they would give us red Bibles. They were the full King James Version, all that. But red Bibles, it was a red cover. I couldn't afford that one. But I got another one. And I began to underline in my Bible why I was seeing what the Word said. And I wanted to remember where I saw it. Then I read, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. That's in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14. Verse 16 right after that. (laughs) Let your light so shine before men so that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And I thought, Man, my cord is so short. I haven't even looked beyond. And then I discovered the extension cord. Oh my. Now this... Oh, there it is. Okay, now listen. No illustration is perfect. Okay? (laughs) Somewhere along the line, I have to understand, I need to go out into a dark world. How many have ever sung, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm trying to show you. Not only are you going to be where it's closest to the friends, those that understand everything about it, but when you're going, and I don't know where you live, but maybe the country where the park where you live, it's pretty dark. All the Lord says, I need a follower of mine. Right there. Maybe it's in your workplace. I don't know. But here it is. You're going. And the extension cord is always the length that you need. Because the Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
You know, dear people, this is tags, taggles, and testimonies. We were going to get Timbits, but we figured it would not be wise to give you that much sugar today. And so we thought we'd have taggles or bagels. But this is also testimonies. You see, folks, how sad. We still have just a fan. Don't stop praying for the fans. Don't stop praying for the fans. But you're here. And you're hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You're hearing. But not only that. We're going to now have some testimonies. Testimonies that will enable you to see. How does this Jesus. Who took you from a fan to a follower. And he's in your life. He's the light in you. What difference does he make? Even in the sport of football, there are people there who love Jesus dearly. They went from a fan to a follower of Jesus, and they even still played football. Listen as Drew Brees, who was the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> I knew a Jeff would know. <laughs> Listen, as this man has lived his life as a follower of Jesus, not just a fan. Let's watch. You go to Sunday school, um, you enjoy hearing the, the, the Bible stories. And then you go uh, to you know the big the big sermon the big church, and you sit there and I'm just you know me and my brother just kind of hitting each other just wondering when it's going to get over. <laughs> the second to last game of the season, third round of the playoffs. Um, I was the starting quarterback. Um, I suffered a torn ACL in my knee. It was devastating, devastating for me. Junior high school too. This was when. You're supposed to get recruited and just all of these things. I had to wait to have surgery for a month because they had to let the MCL heal before they repaired the ACL and then I was still on crutches and it was just, I'd hit that point. I had seen friends have that injury and never come back quite the same. So what I thought was just going to be my life, sports, I felt like was being stripped away from me. And I remember sitting in church on my 17th birthday and sitting in that same pew where my brother and I used to just goof around and never pay attention. And for some reason that day it was different. And I was locked in um, on the pastor as he was sitting there talking about how the Lord was looking for a few good men to carry on his kingdom, to spread his word and to live the life that, that he had planned for them. And that spoke to me. And it was at that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart and knew that there was something that was bigger planned for me than just sports. My fifth season, 
going into an offseason in which I did not have a contract, I was going to be a free agent, I get hurt the very last game of the 2005 season with the San Diego Chargers. I've never dislocated anything in my life, but I knew exactly what happened. And I knew, too, that besides maybe like a broken neck or something, that that is the absolute worst injury that I could ever have asked for for a quarterback. As I'm walking off the field with my shoulder stuck like this because it was dislocated, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm probably never going to put on a Charger uniform again. And then it hits me that, you know, I might not ever play football again. A few short months later, uh, my wife and I were taking a visit to uh, New Orleans, uh, who was six months post-Katrina, and we're just looking at the, the sheer devastation and just saying, I'm not going to trust what I see with my eyes here because my eyes are telling me not to come here. <laughs> and yet my heart, my soul, the Lord is telling me that this is our calling. Uh, it's not about just coming to play football and be a part of the resurgence of a, a football team or an organization, but it's about the resurrection and rebirth of a city, and we can be a part of that. We score the Colts are driving, we get the interception, we go score, now we're at 14 with three minutes left, and yet you're still thinking, I know Peyton Manning, I know this this team. In your mind, you're going through all these scenarios of what you're going to have to do still, and then we get the ball back um, to basically take a knee to win the game, and it wasn't until that moment that, all right, we are world champions. I think we as, as people, we want to see and touch and feel in order for it to be real for us. And yet, 2 Corinthians 5-7, I'll tell you, you'll be led by faith and not by sight. You know, so much of life is that. It's, it's faith in God, knowing that He's got a plan. And at times you don't understand it, and you're not going to see it. Um, and yet, you just have to trust and you have to have faith. Is there ever an occupation that is easy to live the life for Jesus there, to be a follower? There isn't. What about a student? Same thing. There's no easy place. But yet, when the decision is made, I'm not just going to be a fan. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, which Drew decided to do. Rose Ward is going to come forward and she is going to share an amazing event that took place in the lives of their family. You tell them. Come on up here so everyone can see Thank you. Can you hear me? I have to say, we might not have been here today. I am so thankful for my son's eighth birthday today that we could all celebrate. Um, I'll go into the story of what happened. So it was the weekend after Christmas, and we have an 18-hour trip because we're from Mississippi. We haven't been home all together for six years. 
and God provided that. We were on our way back, and it was 12.30. It was really dark, and so there was, it, there was, it was on a highway, a really fast highway, so we were going hopefully regular speed, but we were in the middle lane, and it was pretty busy. All of a sudden, there was this huge, I don't think I've ever seen one so big, an eight to 10 point buck that was really fat and really long. It was longer than the front of our van. There was nowhere to go because there were other cars, so we had to go over it, and we knew it. We hit it, and our van was airborne, all four tires off the ground. Now, this is fun in Mississippi where I'm from, but not for this long of a time in the air. <laughs> so we, all four tires off the ground, we landed really hard, but really straight. We did not swerve. We did not roll nothing. So <laughs> it was amazing. So we went to the side of the road, and my husband and I looked at each other in disbelief. It was an absolute miracle. It, he couldn't believe that it was so easy not to swerve because when you hit that hard, it's, it's not easy to not turn your wheel. And so we, he checked out the damage. We said, okay, we had four kids in the car and we didn't want to be out in the cold. And so we prayed about it and we, we, wanted, we drove to the hotel and he assessed the damage first. And then the next morning, we assessed it again thinking it would be okay. And we drove nine hours home. We watched the gauges to make sure it didn't overheat. And we pulled it into the collision center that night. And then we found out later it was completely totaled. So it was another miracle that we made it home with no more trouble. <laughs> so, But I want to back up a little bit because what was incredible was um, what the Lord showed me. After we had hit the deer, we went to the side. And when we got back on the road, we started praising and just praying to God and thanking him for what he had done. And all of a sudden, I had an open vision. What an open vision is, my eyes were open, but it's like a movie screen playing in front of you, so you can see nothing but what God is showing you. And I saw into the spiritual realm and what really happened. On the left side of the deer, there was a demonic creature. On the right side of the deer, there were two more. They had they dragged the deer, dragged the deer right in front, in the middle lane, and left it there. And... I was shocked at what I saw, so I turned to my husband, and I told him. He said, well, let's pray more. He's used to things happening like that. So we, were, we prayed more, and we were thanking the Lord. And then it was so beautiful because God showed me the rest of what happened. As we were lifting into the air, I saw the van, and two really bright, bright lights were holding each side. On, in the middle, on each side of the doors, holding it and keeping it exactly straight as we landed. And then it disappeared. And then I, yes, and we praise the Lord for all of that. So we're very thankful to be here. And so the Lord lays something on my heart last night. It's, it, I'm trying to keep it, I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, if you know me, it's hard to do that. Um, it's, <laughs> it's called an ever-present help in trouble. In this life that we live, time does not stand still for us. It moves intricately woven, intelligently designed, in a way that fulfills a will that is not our own. We are here for a brief moment. It is but a breath. A unique moment given by God alone, and it is a gift. This earthly place is not our constant. 
but the King of Kings, he is. Whether increase or decrease in this fallen world, he is. He is our light, our joy, our found beauty in the unrest, in the pain, in the situation. He is a father who loves us so much, so unconditionally that he lets us choose. He's not a dictator. We have but to look up to see, look up to know that he, above all others, wants to protect, wants to nourish, wants to provide in every way. He will provide the things we need to flourish in his will. He will give grace to us always. We have but to ask. Let us walk close to him, focus on him that we may reflect him fully, no matter the situation. See, we are a key piece, an essential part of a very large puzzle, a bigger picture that only his eyes can see in completion. So let his vision shine out from your eyes. Let his will be done in your lives. Let us have joy in obedience. We may not understand the colors chosen, the life given to us, the things that happen to us, but God does, and his picture is so much more beautiful than our own. Let us take time to hear his voice, listen to his voice, for he is an ever-present help in trouble. Thank you, Rose. Let's give her a hand. Life in a, in a follower of Jesus. Protection. He cares for us. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Follower of Jesus. Another testimony, T.J. Rector is going to come forward. And TJ is going to share how the Lord has been working in his young life. TJ. Good morning. just want to say first what a blessing it's been just to be part of the congregation this morning. Uh, thanks to the worship team and everybody who shared, it's just been wonderful to worship together. And I have to admit, it's a little bit difficult to transition into what I'm going to be speaking about because really my spirit is just so in love with the Lord and so content to just stay praising him and glorifying him and magnifying him. And, uh, you know, what I've been invited to speak about is is something uh, a little less uh, like that. And so, uh, please, I just ask for your grace and and mercy and bearing with me as I transition a little bit. Um, But my prayer, the prayer and desire of my heart is really to stay stay there in worship and uh, to hopefully see the Lord in what I'm going to share with you. Um, You know, as Pastor Wayne was talking about that transition from fan to follower, uh, it was about five years ago that I was personally baptized. And uh, the last five years have been a journey for me. Um, I like the analogy, uh, the imagery of the extension cord. Um, you know, the extension cord took Melissa and I over to the Czech Republic and then back home to Canada. And really it's been a process of 
discovering what life with Christ is like and, and dying to myself and, and taking up the cross and, and failing and victories and just this learning process. And sometimes I think I can come to this point in life where I'm asking, okay, so what does life look like now? I made that big step. I made that big commitment. I made the big jump. We had the celebration. I have this joy with Christ. And now I have X number of years, Lord knows how many left on this earth. What am I going to do with, with each day and with the time that's been given to me? And sometimes that time seems menial. You know, right now we're, we're back here in Canada. We're awaiting the joy of our first child. And, um, you know, we're working kind of normal jobs. In the meantime, I'm working as a waiter. Melissa's working at a pharmacy. And, and that's kind of what life looks like. And we, we shine our light, you know, how the Lord leads in our, our daily experience. And that's kind of how life uh, is for us. Um, but what I've been invited to share about today is uh, something maybe that Mono touched on a little bit near the beginning of the service, which is uh, the realization of a dream. Um, the, the bringing to life of something that has been a dream in our hearts. And uh, that's something that I've been experiencing recently. And I still don't know exactly um, how that process is going to be useful for the kingdom. That's something I'm seeking the Lord's direction about. That's something that I'm continually surrendering to the Lord and asking, you know, how does this dream uh, become fruitful for the kingdom, Lord? Because on its face, you know, kind of like football, the dream that I'm hopefully bringing to light isn't kingdom related. It's, it's something more whimsical and fun and uh, that exists in this world. And so basically, um, just to maybe talk about that a little bit, um, something that I've always loved to participate in is called the Kitchener-Waterloo uh, Oktoberfest Treasure Hunt. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, whimsical. Every year in October, uh, the Oktoberfest committee, they hide a key somewhere in Kitchener-Waterloo, and they release clues and riddles for three weeks on the radio and in the newspaper. And uh, I've always loved that time of year. I participate with my friends and family, and I've made so many great memories over the years, getting out, discovering parks, you know, working to solve the clues with my dad or with my friends, with my sister, whoever. And, you know, there's the excitement of maybe winning 3000 bucks if you can be the one to find the key that's hidden. And uh, I've always loved it. And I've met so many other people when I've been participating in this game, uh, but they say October's their favorite time of year, and you run into the people on the trails and in the parks, and you're all kind of looking for the key, and you're sharing information, and it's a nice time of fun and friendship and community. And I always thought, wow, it would be really neat to start something like that one day. I wonder if, if I could do that. And I'd talk with my friends about, you know, wonder if we could do something like that. And this past summer, um, I'm sitting at home, and I, I just, you know, in some quiet time with the Lord. And for some reason, it just kind of came to my heart, like, hey, I think I could probably start this now. And so I, I pulled out a notebook and I started writing down um, some ideas. And uh, long story short, uh, planned to start an event like this for Wilmot Township. And uh, so it's well underway now, the planning process. We've, uh, you know, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but, you know, I was thinking about what Mano said about uh, taking the steps to, to take the dream into the practical, you know, actually making the steps and then following through on those. Um, 
one of the reasons I feel the Lord is leading me in this is because he really illuminated those next steps for me. And the process really started with, with me saying, okay, Lord, you, you know this dream that I've had. Right now I'm feeling like it's a time I could bring it to light. Um, you know, I want to give it to you. I want it to be fruitful for your kingdom. And, and what's next? Um, and through that process, a lot of doors started to open. You know, he brought to mind people that I could reach out to to uh, make it a reality. So, Lord willing, uh, this spring, we're going to be hiding a key somewhere in Wilmot Township, and we're going to be releasing clues through newspaper and sponsors and stuff like that in the community. And it's open to anybody. Everybody can participate. And whoever finds it hopefully will win uh, a few thousand dollars. And uh, we've got a lot of sponsors on board already, you know, including uh, Wilmot Center Missionary Church has agreed to be a part of it in some way, and uh, which I was really excited about because the way this little activity is going to work is people can visit the sponsor's locations to uh, find the clues. So, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity to have the clues available here at Wilmot Township. It's going to be something that'll get, you know, a lot of publicity. It'll be people in Kitchener-Waterloo and, and Wilmot Township. So, I mean, to have the chance for strangers who are participating in this treasure hunt to come to our church to, you know, rub shoulders with us um, and in something that they're participating in for fun and with their friends and family, I thought, nice way for uh, us as the body of Christ to just encounter people. Just wanted to, uh, you know, share also a little bit personally um, in terms of how the Lord's been leading and guiding me in the process. I'll admit it's been a struggle. Um, putting this together and taking the steps to to make this event a reality has taken me way beyond my comfort zone and put me into situations that I don't have, you know, experience or training for, you know, reaching out to businesses or local, you know, politicians and stuff like this. It's kind of scary for me and beyond my experience. Um, and it's also been a challenge, you know, to uh, keep it in perspective. I think a lot of times in my life or maybe in our lives when we start to take on big things, whether it's in work or business or personal lives or family. I know for me, the success or failure of my plans in this world can so easily start to compete with the peace and the joy and the, the beauty of my relationship with Christ. So um, something the Lord's been teaching me is to just lay my hopes and dreams for this world on the altar continuously and to remember that you know, my life ultimately has nothing to do with what I can accomplish in this world. Like, this key hunt is nothing, you know. Like what we've been talking about today, life in Christ, rebirth, following Jesus, the glory of God. Like, that's what matters. So, like, this key hunt, that's why I struggle to stand up here and talk about it. Because, like, really that's what we're here for, is the life and glory of God. But... That's why I ask for your grace and mercy, because in sharing about this, it's not really about the glory of God exactly, maybe. But anyway, that's, that's the journey I've been on. Please, if you could be praying, uh, if, if you feel led, uh, just for us in this process, uh, Melissa and I, we really want, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why this is a dream that's been put on my heart or why in this time it's coming to fruition but our prayer really is that it could be fruitful for the kingdom. So um, please, yeah, if you could pray to that end. Thanks. Thanks, TJ.
vision. Without a vision, the people perish. When you become a follower of Jesus, it's not just sitting down and twiddling your thumbs. It's something that is alive within you. And you know what, TJ, when the elders talked about having this place as one of the sponsors. You know, what we're looking forward to is that people will be coming in to find that key or clues for it. Is, the, is it going to end up here? Are we having all the money here? No, I just... <laughs> They're going to be coming in here. And wouldn't it be something that the people, I don't know how many people we will be seeing, they walk into this building and the glory of God just begins to make an impact upon them. That's who we're looking for. Becoming a follower of Jesus. Worship team, would you come forward please? We realize that in sharing testimonies today on this special Sunday, it gives you the opportunity if you are just a fan and you haven't really plugged into Jesus so that you could be a follower of the Lamb. Maybe as you've been listening, or you've been singing, or whatever, you were sitting there thinking, you know what, today I'd like to make that decision. I would love to just, as it says, if you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. And as I did, I just simply went forward and I asked Jesus, I said, Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me for my sin and help me to become the person you want me to be. And maybe that's you today. Instead of going home just a fan, wouldn't it be great? you went home a follower of Jesus and your journey began from this day forward. Mine, February the 3rd, 1961. Just about 20 years ago. (laughs) And the Lord has not failed me. He's never left me. Back there, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake me. Forsake you. And he has kept his word. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And I'll direct your paths. Fear not. Don't let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is mighty to save. He will give you great confidence and peace. Because he rejoices over you with singing. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.